Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. We're proud to say that BetDSI have rejoined us once again as one of our keynote sponsors on Three Yards Per Carry. We welcome them and we welcome you to join up with them. The NFL season obviously kicks off at the weekend. The college football season has just got underway, but it's not just limited to football. The baseball playoffs are coming. Uh, there are a myriad of other sports out there that you could bet on. There's entertainment things, there's politics things at BetDSI.com. They have a great app. I've used it myself. I know the boys have used it too. They have a great mobile interface. And you know, this year you can get a 101% match bonus on your first deposit of up to $1,000. That's 101% match bonus on your first deposit of up to $1,000. Use the code YARDS101. As always, YARDS101. Bet DSI for all of your betting needs and other ones that you probably didn't even know existed. Yards 101 with Bet DSI. Welcome to 3 Yards Per Carry, but before we go on with today's episode, let me tell you about a great sponsor of the 3 Yards Per Carry podcast, and that is AutoNation. If you're looking to buy or sell a vehicle, AutoNation is where you want to go. They're the largest auto retailer from coast to coast, and the friendly and knowledgeable staff here in South Florida will help you save big on huge selection of new cars, trucks, and SUVs, Toyota, Honda, Chevrolet, Mercedes-Benz, and much, much more. If you're looking to buy pre-owned, shop AutoNation's huge selection of one-priced pre-owned vehicles. They're all clearly marked with one price, their lowest price, guaranteed. Or if you just want to get rid of that old car, turn it in for cash today. Get a top dollar offer and check the same day. They'll buy your car with no purchase necessary. Is your check engine light on? Right now, get their services you need at low AutoNation prices. Oil changes, tires, batteries, and more. All for less. Call or visit AutoNation.com to schedule your appointment today. If you are in the market for a new car, DM us at 3 yards per carry. That's at the number 3 yards per carry on Twitter. And I'll give you an AutoNation senior manager your info so they can reach out to you directly and walk you through the buying process. Now, on with the show. Welcome to 3 Yards Per Carry, a podcast covering the Miami Dolphins and the NFL. Now, here's your hosts, Chris, Alf, and Simon. 
And we're on, and welcome to another edition of Three Yards Per Carry. This is our 101th show. No, no. Can't perfect. do that every time. Yeah, next time I'm going to say 102, and I'm going to keep counting until <laughs> we get to 500. Then that's their special. Unbelievable. Yeah. But Can we celebrate each time? You just heard them, so I don't need to introduce them. Simon Clancy's here. Chris Coffin's here. I'm here. I changed my name on Twitter, by the way. No longer at Uptown Report, which is strange that I had it all this time named after a defunct blog from like 2008. See, I used to know you as Section 126. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's where I sit. I could have branded that. I don't sit there anymore, but that's where I used to sit for almost 20 years at the former Jurabi Stadium, the former Landshark Stadium, the former Pro Player Stadium, the former Dolphin Stadium, the former any other name? Ooh. I don't think we have Pro no. or wait, um, oh, um, God, what? Or yeah, was Landshark with beer? Insurance what? company or something? Uh, oh, we were, yeah. Wait, what, what did you cover? Did you cover Landshark? Yes, Sun Life Stadium. Sun Life. Sun Life, yeah. Yeah, Sun yeah Life. they were named after an, an underwear Hard Rock. Also. Hard Rock, Sun Life, Landshark, uh, yeah. Dolphin Stadium. Oh, wait, Dolphins Stadium, and then I think Dolphin Stadium. I think <laughs> yeah. those were actually two separate ones. Yeah, what a mess. And pro player. And uh, and I think that I think that might be it. Joe Robbie. Anyway, I was remarking, and uh, Simon, I don't know if you saw it on the WhatsApp chat, but I was telling Chris, you know, this is after the Heat just opened the season, and I had forgotten what a team competing looked like. <laughs> and I had told Chris, is this what it feels like? The crowd going crazy? Big lead? You get the win? Everybody's happy? You know, we're not doing that this year, but a guy that can help us do that this year was courtside. Chris spotted him courtside. He's the artist formerly known as Antonio Brown. I don't know what he's going by this th- these days because he's the fartest, <laughs> and according according to one rumor. Yeah. That was very – it's not a rumor. I saw oh, no, that's true. It was videotaped, wasn't it? <laughs> There's videotape of it, okay? That's, that's something like, like, okay, like, you know, around a friend maybe. You know what I mean? I could understand <laughs> it as a joke. Like, hey, you know, <laughs> look what I just dropped on you. You know what I mean? But somebody's examining you, you're just going to start farting on them? That's a huge red flag right there. Okay? <laughs> That's a brown flag, actually. Yeah. But the <laughs> Patriots seem to have signed him and had, you know, all was well in the world until, you know, more issues popped up. More issues. Way to dance around that one. Yeah. <laughs> but I heard a rumor, and this is why we're going to bring him up at the top of the show. I heard a rumor that Drew Rosenhaus, and you know Drew Rosenhaus is based here in Miami, that he's angling for anybody to sign him, and what better place to sign him than Miami? Mm-hmm. And Drew Rosenhaus has done this many times before with others, other, other clients of his. He wants to keep him close to home base, and maybe Antonio Brown is the type of guy that you would need to keep close to home base to manage, I guess, I would say. Now, I'm pretty sure if you asked Drew Rosenhaus privately, he would say, yeah, I'd love to see him be a Miami Dolphin. Would you like to see him be a Miami Dolphin? I'll go to you first, Chris. Oddly, yeah. <laughs> I kind of would. Um, and I know that's controversial, and I know he's an a-hole. Uh, I've seen and heard – every- crazy. Impossibly crazy. Just, I mean, just it, the things that he it's, – it's really baffling. Um, but at the same time, it's like, listen, 
this is a what the hell was that um this is this is, this is a rental it would it would be a rental situation obviously I don't want him playing in 2019. I don't want him to help him uh, help the Dolphins win any games this year. But if if it's like getting to a tongue of Iloa in 2020, you gotta stack up some weapons around him and and some. I mean, you're gonna want to focus a lot of your efforts on the offensive line clearly because it is an absolute you know mess. Um, but you you only got so many resources and only got so many so much ability to uh, to really impact the offense and so having a guy like him as a weapon to throw to in addition to the cast that we have and Preston Williams already on pace for, for 800 plus yards as an undrafted free agent rookie you start to you start to put together some weapons it's like hey Tua can succeed right away as a rookie and that would be good like getting a good lift off would be really important um, and yeah, you'd be punting him later, uh, Antonio Brown. He's not going to stay here more than, you know, 2021 or something like that, but it could be an interesting situation. Listen, the Patriots were going, we're, we're going to do this and yeah. that's a winning team. They're a championship team, no mm-hmm. doubt. And I know that they're already built and we're not, but you know, we're, we are emulating them, uh, to some degree. So it's kind of interesting. I, I could deal I could deal with it as long as he doesn't play in 2019. And let me say one thing about that. Uh, he is so attractive. Of course, you know, if you put aside all these other problems that he has, he's attractive for this reason and this reason as well. And that is, that's a player that costs, that should cost you about $18 million a year and who knows, maybe $50 million guaranteed. And you probably can get him for damn near next to nothing compared to the production that he can give you. Like you think that maybe they can get him for like a two year, $30 million deal with like 15 guaranteed. I think they can. And that would be a huge coup. Mm -hmm. Simon, your thoughts. Do you think, would you put in for him? Do you think that he would fit? Um, I have some issues with this, to be honest. I mean, he's a great player. Clearly a great player. He's clearly a Hall of Fame player. You only have to look at the numbers to see that. He's also a massive bell end. I mean, you know, all all the stuff that's happened, all the stuff that came out in that, you know, fantastic Robert Klemko report at the MQB, the stuff that then came out when he was with the Patriots and the the artist and farting on people and not paying people. He just seems like a massive douchebag. And we've talked about it before in terms of, you know, Devontae's perfect hit. He seemed to change after that. And, you know, I hate to say, oh, he's definitely got CTE. But if you're looking for a prime <laughs> candidate for somebody who's got, you know, yeah, who's taken one too many hits to the head, he he is a difficult character. He's a phenomenal player. I just wonder whether or not, you know, in a Tua Tonga Vailoa, hopefully rookie season, do you want a guy who's not a a religious route runner in terms of sticking to where he's going to be? The guy who's, you know, clearly that kind of personality when you're trying to bed in a, a rookie quarterback, hopefully in Tua. You know, the NFL is clearly keeping him on the, the, the down low. They're clearly kind of blackballing him, as it were. There's no date set yet for his, for even for his meeting with the NFL about, uh, about what has happened. So he's clearly just under a sort of unpaid suspension. And that's, um, the, other, that's the other rumor that's going around is that the NFL, you know, it's, it's, it hasn't been stated, but everybody's talking about it, that the NFL has basically told teams, hey, stay away until we're done with our investigation. And th- they don't seem in a hurry to start it to begin with. And look, let, let's not forget, he is under investigation 
from a civil lawsuit accusing him of sexual assault and rape. This is not, you know, stealing a, uh, you know, a chocolate bar from 7-Eleven. This is sexual assault and rape. You know, he is not a good human being. I think that's, you know, I think a phenomenal player, terrible human. Um, and I, I'm just not sure that that's the kind of guy that you want to go forwards with. Is he a, you know, is that the guy that you want Preston Williams to, to I mean, look what he did to Juju Smith-Schuster. Look at how mm-hmm. he called him out and told him to, you know, keep his business off the internet and do better and this. And do you want him? Do you want him around a guy like Preston Williams who's had problems in the past? In mm-hmm. terms of, you know, I'm not sure that's the move that Miami want to make when you're looking at potentially a big number one receiver like Williams developing into something special, and the guy that he's looking up to is a guy that essentially Preston Williams has already been in college. I'm not sure that's really what you, the way you want to play it. But I mean, look, great player, but sometimes you've just got to say, you know what, we're going to take a hard, hard pass on this because of X, Y, and Z. And I'm just not sure that the new era of Miami football, which starts when this season finishes, free agency draft, tour, all this sort of stuff, is the banner signing that you want to make this guy? Really? I mean, I don't know. I wouldn't think of it as a banner signing. It's like I said. Yeah, but you know what I mean? It's going to be a banner signing. Yeah, right. it's still going to be. Yeah, it's going to make, it's gonna make all the headlines. Yeah, you know? You're right. I'll tell you. I'll tell you another reason why it probably doesn't make sense if we're gonna if we're gonna really analyze this whether it it can or will happen, and that's this. Stephen Ross likes to throw words around like signature player, phrases like signature player, and they're gonna need something to sell next year. I think. And I think what you're going to sell if you get the number one overall pick is obviously Tua Tonga-Vailoa and then all the young guys that they're going to bring in through the draft and the free agents that are going to help them. But that's going to be the face of the franchise. If you bring in Antonio Brown, he starts to become a little bit more of the face in the fr- face of the franchise and starts to overshadow what you're trying to build here. And I don't know if Stephen Ross wants to start, a, you know, putting the face of his franchise with a guy like that. I don't think he'd be the face of the franchise. I think he'd be a distraction, but I don't think, uh, I don't think, listen, I don't think he's going to eclipse anybody. Like if Tua Tungavailoa is the number one overall pick in Miami and he's coming here to start a new era, then he overshadows everybody. I mean, that story overshadows everything going on with the Miami Dolphins for from from that point to you know a couple of years down the road depending on how he's doing so don't i don't, think, I, don't I wouldn't worry that, about that i wouldn't worry think, about him eclipsing you don't think that antonio brown has the potential for circus here in Miami? Well, yes. of course it can be a distraction it can be a distraction but it's not the same it's not the same as as you know antonio brown threatening to to take the limelight and be the face of the the, the team instead and, and just be a bad face for it. I, I think that's not true. I think the focus will still be on Tua Tunga-Vailoa, and this is his team and all that. And, and you know, Antonio Brown is – everybody knows what he is by now. That's the problem. Like, nobody's, nobody, nobody's got, like, rose-colored glasses about him. Um, so they know what he is. They, they know that he's a guy that's being managed. And, and so, you know, if, if it's not working, then the Dolphins will punt him as fast as New England did. Um, but you know, that's, that's the, that's the thing. Like he could potentially be a distraction. He's not going to be the center of the team by any means. It's, it's 
just not possible, not with a Tua Tungavailoa being drafted number one overall and taking over the Dolphins as the next great hope, you know? Yeah. I wonder whether or not we want Antonio Brown back in the city with which he had so many problems. Mm. You know, yeah. his Liberty City story is a fascinating one, but it's also a pretty dark one. Um, mm. I'm, not, I'm not sure you want that. You know, I think part of the reason that he went to college where he went to was to get away from everything that he had to get away from. And I wonder whether or not coming back into the city where he's had so many issues with so many people is really the move we want to make. Yeah, the flip side to that is uh, Brandon Marshall. Uh, you know, we, did, we don't have fond memories of him here in Miami, but Hell of he was player, pretty though. much a disaster yeah. on his way out of Denver, and he also had many legal issues. And I would, I would say more public issues, I would say, because most of Antonio Brown's thing, things that are going on right now are going to be played out in – in private, I believe, because it's most the way most of these things end up is with a settlement and people not saying another word about it unless criminal charges get brought up. But there's no, you know, there, nobody's talking mm-hmm. about that right now. But Brandon Marshall had, I wouldn't say similar issues, but I would say pretty bad ones coming yeah, out of bad. Denver. Okay. He was actually, at, at one point, he was accused of causing the murder of a teammate. Okay. And he resurrected his career to the point where now he's out of football, but he's on TV now, mm-hmm. you know, breaking down games. You don't think Antonio Brown is capable of that type of resurrection? I don't, but I mean, that's, that's fair. he's no. not capable of that. He, no. he is capable of letting some of this, this current stuff that, that's going on mm-hmm. in a lawsuits and, um, and his, his blatant attempt to bully or to, uh, to intimidate yeah. um, the woman who's bringing suit against him and, and making accusations toward him. Uh, he can make that stuff go away. I mean, Pac-Man Jones can make everything that he's done go away or sort of lay, lie, lie flat a little bit than, than I'm sure Antonio Brown can. Um, he's not capable of ascending the way, uh, you know, kind of rising through it uh, to be a voice like Brandon Marshall did. Uh, I don't see that at all. But that wouldn't be what we'd be asking him to do. <laughs> we'd be asking yeah. him to make things easier on Tua Tonga-Vailoa as a rookie and help resurrect a team that is right now the worst in football. Mm-hmm. And, and that is maybe the worst collectively, if you're watching all six games, the worst that we've ever seen in football. Um, and you don't want Tua Tungavailoa stepping into that shitstorm. So you've got to act a little bit desperate. You've got to act a little bit desperate to make sure that that doesn't happen to him, because a lot of people do think you can ruin a guy. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I understand the why nots, but I'm trying to also see the why, because uh, you, you you do you have to act with some urgency here next year. Mm-hmm. All right. Before we move on to Brian Flores, uh, I've forgotten about this. You had brought it up earlier in the week, and he did play this weekend. There was a guy that 
our own Chris Kaufman had identified as a guy that you kind of should have drafted if you're really not interested in winning this year. It's almost midseason, and I think we could begin to do not an overall evaluation, but how has it gone so far? Christian Wilkins versus Jonathan Simmons. He made yeah, Jeffrey Simmons. Jeffrey Simmons. And he was – I'm thinking now of a ba- another basketball player. I'm watching too much basketball. <laughs> Jeffrey Simmons – was a menace this past Sunday. Ben Simmons. <laughs> no, Jonathan Simmons was a, a pretty good uh, um, wing player for Orlando and San Antonio as well. But he was a menace this weekend. Kristen Wilkins threw a punch no. and played oh, one yeah, okay. play. <laughs> okay. Simmons was a menace. <laughs> All right. Can we evaluate him so far? How has it gone for Kristen Wilkins? And your evaluation of Jeffrey Simmons, it, it's, it, did we really do, did we really screw this up, Simon? Um, I think it's way too early to tell. It's way too early to tell. It's unfair on Wilkins um, and it's unfair on, on Simmons, really. I mean, I think Wilkins has played okay. He's played, you know, he's getting a bit better. The ejection is something I, I, I hadn't, um, I hadn't expected from. To be honest, I, I think Wilkins is, you know, I think he's as, as good as there's been on a bad defense, I think he's put in some good performances. Um, I still think there's a lot to go, a lot to to work on. I think that you know, I think the punch is uh, was so out of character. I just that's just so unexpected. Um, but you know, and look, Simmons has played one game. I think I saw a tweet earlier on, yes, maybe yesterday, that I think he's had as many tackles for a loss as Wilkins, Ed Oliver, and Quinn and Williams combined. Yeah. yeah, he's a really good player. We knew he was a really good player. We talked about him for for months. I saw him at against Alabama live in stadium and thought, you know, what a player. I thought he was a much better player than Montez Sweat. So, um, I think he's a he's a tremendous player. It's, you know, it's very difficult for us to sit here and uh, and judge Christian on six games and Jeffrey on one. Mm-hmm. Um, I do think uh, Chris made a point in WhatsApp. I do think Chris. Uh, um, Ultimately, Chris Greer. Chris's point was something like, "I'm getting bored of Chris Greer screwing the pooch on on things or picking, you know, not picking missing, really good players, missing yeah. the obvious." I mean, look, it's you know, it, I think it's a little unfair on Christian, and I think it's a little unfair on a guy who's played one game. He could play one game and could it could revert to to being terrible. Mm-hmm. He's almost certainly not going to be. And look, Christian Wilkins is probably going to be much better. When we get a, you know, when we have a better team, he's a, he was. A, I've always said, pick good college players, you know. And Christian Wilkins was a good, consistent college football player. I think he's taking his time to bed in for a really bad line. He's not in a good situation. Jeffrey Simmons is in a significantly better situation to win, but he is also a significantly good football player. But Christian Wilkins is no mug either. I just think this this thing needs to play out. Maybe we look back in 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 two seasons' time, three seasons' time. What I suspect you'll find is that Christian Wilkins is a very solid NFL defensive tackle. And what you'll find is that Jeffrey Simmons is an all-pro defensive tackle. And he's the guy that's named in the in the same echelon as, not Aaron Donald, because he's in a different group to everybody, right, but that right. kind of Geno atkins kind of, mm-hmm. you know, up in the mix it with the top sort of six, eight, Let's ten interior defense. Yeah, yeah, exactly, those guys. I think he's going to be named in the top sort of six, eight, ten defensive tackles in the NFL, whereas I think Christian might be in the top 20, 22. And that's not a bad thing, but maybe you know, it's another one where you just think, 
you know, what if, what if, what if we picked Erwin James over Minka Fitzpatrick? Well, what if we? But that's the point, isn't it? Of I course, mean, of course. For all we we thought we got a solid player out of Minka Fitzpatrick, um, you know, in in the words of <laughs> somebody put it so so great, um, we got to stop taking the coach's pet in the draft and putting extra weight on a guy being a coach's pet because just because he was that coach's pet doesn't mean he's going to be your coach's pet. Yeah. Um, and that's, that's what happened with Minkin Fitzpatrick. You know, he's, he was supposed to be the a plus 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 character work ethic team guy. And all he did since he got out here was bitch about his, his usage in two different defenses by two different coaching staffs publicly yeah. bitch about it um and he and he did it so loudly that i know that other players in that locker room were getting tired of hearing it um and and eventually he asked to be traded and he was and and that was that was your a plus 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 character um that you that you took over derwin james because of the fit and the the character and the you're never going to be disappointed in him and instead, you know, Derwin James, it's, it's, it's a fine time to be talking about Derwin James when he's missing the entire year injured. I understand that. But, um, but already what we've seen out of Derwin is exactly what Simon described is, you know, yeah, Minka was a solid player. Derwin James was an all-pro or getting ready to be an all-pro. Um, so I think that that's, that's kind of how I see the Christian Wilkins versus Jeffrey Simmons thing. And it's, it's that all over again. And I said I'm tired of Chris Greer missing the obvious because it's obvious that they don't care about this year, right? It's obvious that they don't care about winning in 2019. Uh, that became more and more obvious as we went on when they engaged in a bunch of uh, roster sabotage right on the eve of the season. But, um, you know, it's obvious. So, the injury for Simmons didn't matter. You know, it, that, that's the thing. Yeah, that's like, what makes it so I, odd, isn't it? Yeah. The, yeah. the fact that he was going to miss, you know, yeah, he came back unusually fast, which if you know him, you're not that surprised by. But, you know, he came back unusually fast. But even if he didn't, it didn't matter because this year doesn't matter. So you're going off who you think is going to be the better player. And on film – it was rather obvious. And again, I'm tired of him missing the obvious. And so I, yeah, I, I look at him, I look at, it is one game, I get it. But I already saw more in that one game, I think, than I've probably seen from Christian Wilkins this year. Um, and I think that Simon is right, that when we look back a couple of years down the road, we're going to be like, you know, Christian Wilkins, pretty solid defensive tackle. Jeffrey Simmons is an all pro or, you know, or a pro bowler. Um, and that's, you know, I, I, I don't, I don't have much confidence at this point that at any given pick that we make in the draft, um, if Chris Greer is, you know, making that pick that we're going to take the best player at his position left in the draft at that pick, um, you know, whether it's a fourth round pick or whether it's a first round pick, I don't, I don't know that we're going to pick the best player at that position. Uh, and that's I don't I don't have it's terrible to have, to not have that confidence, um, because we are going to have a bunch of picks, yeah, and a bunch of money, um, and it it's just you know giving me nightmares about the Jeff Ireland thing where we're kind of losing 
losing confidence in Jeff Ireland for, I think, fair reasons. And then we headed into an offseason where he's like, I've got picks and money. And, and he, boy, did he botch it. It was one of the wor- worst offseasons ever. Yeah. Um, and and it, it cost this team that, – that single offseason set this team back, you know, half a decade. And, um, and you know, so, yeah, I'm on edge. I'm on edge about it. Yeah, and let me let me say. What I mean, if they screw this up, it, it sets them back fifteen years, doesn't it? Oh yeah, mm-hmm. thirty years really. Well, especially the quarterback thing. I mean, maybe you take the quarterback thing as totally exogenous, and you know they'll do whatever they do at the quarterback position. But even aside from that, what, how many picks they have in the next, next yeah. year, two years, and how much money are they going to wheel you know throw around out there i mean they could really do some damage to themselves but you know listen to me i'm the i'm the guy that just said that we should sign antonio brown so <laughs> yeah what confuses me is is marvin allen is a guy that was you know well thought of in league circles and he ends up here and evidently he's doing chris greer's old job and chris greer's doing whose job is he now the new mike tenenbaum like what happens on draft day when marvin allen shows up with his board and says, this is the best defensive back in the draft. And we're sitting there with one of our picks at, let's say, 18. And Marvin Allen says, all right, take this guy. And Chris Greer says, no. Like, what's going to happen? Like, I don't understand that dynamic, and I don't understand how it works going forward. You know? I don't think By the way, can I just ask you a question? Do you think all over – do you think a really – oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, no, no. Go on, Karen. This is my point. I was, I was just gonna say, I was just gonna say. Do you really think that Chris Greer will overrule him, though? It doesn't seem within his personality to do that. To, to yeah, be I get the, that too, don't you know, you? I'm like, I'm the swinging dick guy, and I'm just, you know, we're gonna take who I want. Um, I, you know, I, I think he can throw away and throw around that weight, but only if he feels like it's a consensus thing. Like he feels like everybody's behind him on it including Marvin Allen. So in that way, you know, yes, I am placing a lot of my hope on Marvin Allen, just like you've described Alf, a, a lot of times. Yeah. And it is interesting that in the game that I was at uh, against Jacksonville, I believe it was in the press box, Chris Greer was doing all the glad handing with the, you know, with the honchos or, you know, all the, the sponsors and all those people. And Marvin Allen was in the press box, shaking hands with all the scouts from all the other teams and talking football. You know, so I don't know. Hopefully it's going to work that way. Mm-hmm. And Chris Greer is not going to step on anybody. Now, somebody we have to talk about is Brian Flores because he's going through this. He's coaching this team. And we think, and I think we have good reason to believe that 0-16 is extremely possible, no matter how well they played for three quarters against Buffalo. doesn't matter. I think 0-16 is really likely. I think it's if, if I had to bet, I would say 0-16 is going to happen. Now, we said earlier this offseason that good coaches don't go 0-16. They don't go 1-15. Hell, I said two, good coaches don't go 2-14. Right, exactly. <laughs> yeah, that's, that, and that's fair, and I agree with you. So how do we judge Brian Flores? If he goes 0-16, are we just going to say, ah, he gets a mulligan. You know, he could, we can you know, forget about the year. He didn't have enough. Or do you want to see something else? What kind of progress would you like to see from this team to determine that Brian Flores is the guy that you want kicking off Tua Tungabailoa's career as his first head coach? Simon? I think you've just got to look back at the – I think you've got to look at improvement. You've got to look at areas of improvement. What I think is interesting is that he's not making the same in-game mistakes that you see rookie head coaches making. I think you look at the, you look at the performances the last two weeks – 
Um, you know, this team was close to winning games. And this team ultimately on Sunday was close to winning a game against a, a team with one loss. That loss was only just against the Patriots, a team with really good players all over and really well coached in Sean, you know, with Sean McDermott, you know, and, uh, and good players across the board. This team is playing hard. You know, say whatever you like, and we will continue to say whatever we like about the about the tank and uh, and what's going on. But I think you cannot ignore the fact that this team hasn't quit. They play hard, and there is no talent here. You know, we've talked um, ad infinitum about the lack of talent. This is a Duco roster, but he's getting his guys up every Sunday to play, despite what's happened. Despite the fact that they're coming into games, you know playing with one hand tied behind their back pretty much. I think he's doing a terrific job. I mean, I had a discussion with a couple, listened to a discussion with a couple of friends of mine over here um, who worked for the magazine podcast. And uh, they were saying, at what point do, do, do Brian, does Brian, how many games does Brian Flores have to win um, under five, which is not going to happen, but to be uh, not in the running to win coach of the year, but in terms mm-hmm. of a conversation as, you know what, this guy's done a pretty phenomenal job given the hand he was dealt and yeah, I think it's an interesting discussion. You know, if he wins four games with this talent, then I think he's done an incredible job. If he wins two games with this talent, but actually, you know, even if he wins no games, what I think you need and what I think Steve Ross needs, and it's something we talked about at the start of the season, is, you know, when they got blown out by Baltimore, is that there has to be some, there have to be competitive. There has to be some sort of competition which we it can't just be 59-7 or whatever it was and, mm. and 44-3 or whatever it was against the Patriots and the blowout against Dallas it can't be that it can't but what I think is happening certainly across a you know and it goes back to the Christian Wilkins thing there has to be a bigger uh, there has to be a bigger sample size but the last two weeks the arrow has definitely been up on the coaching job that he's doing he's coaching the hell out of this team I really do think that I think so I, I, I said this a long time ago as well. Um, I brought this point up. I originally, you know, did a study and brought some, some stats up and whatnot. Um, coaches that go two and 14 don't survive in the NFL. Uh, the last time you can even find a coach that went on to be successful that, was, that had a two and 14 season is uh, Jimmy. And that was before the the era of league parity parity um as we know it and um and i think that that's meaningful i think that there's something to that and because you look at it and most of the coaches that go to and 14 are fired even if they're first year coaches um so you're talking about oh and 16 now that's you know almost unthinkable that's hugh jackson level non-success um, think of the guys that have been escorted out by security, basically that that uh, that went 0 and 16. So I, it is it is a little bit hard to imagine uh, that that this could be turned around if he allows the team to be that bad. But these are not normal circumstances either. I didn't think the Dol- even in my wildest, most morbid dreams, I didn't think the Dolphins would go this far with the roster tank. I mean, yeah. I thought they would, I thought they would kick off all the veterans and, and a lot of the veterans that were taking up money and, and going, go in with an embarrassing payroll. And, uh, um, and that was about it. But if you had to pick four players on the roster that you'd say, you know, well, they're not trading those guys, no matter what, they would be Laramie Tunsil, Xavier Howard, Minka Fitzpatrick and Christian Wilkins. They've traded two of those four. 
I mean, that's, that's insane. And then right on the edge of the season, they churned over 25% of the roster for guys and, and then played all those guys that didn't even know where to park their car. I mean, it, it's, it's really insane the, the lengths that they went through to sabotage this roster and sabotage this season. And, uh, and they're still doing it because they're still grabbing street free agents and then playing them like that week, like the week that they grab them. They're, yeah, they're out on I the field Yeah, and I can guarantee, and I've said this before, I said this on the Three Yards Per Carry Twitter account, the first team that even utters the word fourth-round pick, King and Drake is the hell out of here. Yeah, I mean, and they're, yeah, and they're, gonna, they're still selling. They're still probably looking at selling off assets. Do we even know that Xavier Howard is safe? I mean, that's, again, we would have thought Laramie Tunsil was safe and we said so and we were wrong and um yeah so i think that in my wildest dreams i didn't imagine that they would engage in this sort of self-sabotage and and that now it makes me kind of understand if brian flores does go on 16 because if somebody because of all of that if someone offers two first round picks for xavier howard this week before the deadline do you take it no it's an interesting Chris? proposition to me actually i i would you know it's almost like at this point you're like, fuck it, why not? Um, because okay. I, it's just, okay, he's, he's what, 26 years old. Uh, he's having some knee troubles. He continues to have knee troubles in his career. Uh, every fifth game he has a really – he lays a, a turd out there. Um, you know, you, you believe that he has the ability to be a Stephen Gilmore m- maybe eventually one day, but – maybe also not i don't know um you know, it's hard to replace him i get that and and you'd have to eat a lot of salary bonus i mean there's a lot of reasons not to do it but um but at this point it's just like you know fuck it in for in for a penny in for a pound i mean imagine having four first round picks this year and three next year <laughs> yeah but it's there's just, such a thing as having two ludicrous round picks too because <laughs> all those I would guys t- have to pay them eventually even if i would do that deal I th- I think I would lean toward doing it too, but it's, Phil- it's almost like capit- it's said, almost like capitulation, isn't it? Yeah. If Philadelphia came in and said, "Here's a one this year, here's a one next year," I'd do the deal. I mean, I think they offered a one and a two for Jalen Ramsey. What if Philadelphia offered a one and a two for Xavier Howard? Would you take it? No, a one this year sure. and a two next year. I'm not yeah. sure about a one and a two on Xavier Howard. I just I just wouldn't take that unless I'm getting like a like you give me a first and Fletcher Cox, I'd jump at it. But we need players on this team and. Xavier Howard is one of those guys that you could point to and say, okay, you know, we only need maybe three defensive backs. Now you trade Xavier Howard, now you need everything. And that's yet another unit that needs a complete overhaul, and it's, it's just too much work. Like, eventually you have to stop. I've got the figure in front of us. How many names has the Dolphin Stadium had since it opened in August 1987? Hmm. It has to be – le- it has to have – um, Double digits, hasn't it? I, I think seven. Seven? Uh, how far are you going for? I think it has to be double digits, so I'm going to go with ten. You are right with ten. Good wow. guess. So it's Joe Robbie Stadium, Pro Player Park, Ugh. which lasted for 13 days. <laughs> Pro, Pro Player Stadium. Oh, man, that doesn't count. Come on. Then it be- <laughs> Then it became Dolphins Stadium. Then it mm-hmm. became Dolphin Stadium. Drop the S. I said that. Sh- 
<laughs> then it became Landshark Stadium. Then it went back Landshark. to Dolphin Stadium. Then it was Sun Life Stadium. Then for half a year, it was New Miami Stadium. And now it's oh, Hard Rock man. Stadium. Ten. Wow. I had no idea there was, there was a, a point where it was New Miami Stadium. And for the I mean, first who, time in a long time, there will be some stability because Hard Rock signed an 18-year contract for that name. There you go. Stadium Until Bang Bros. Bros. buys it. Oh, yeah. no, wait. The, they're going to get, the, they're gonna get the heat done. arena. They're going to get the heat arena, and then they're going to get Hard Rock. Wow. Yeah, that's the thing. Yeah, the heat arena still does not have a name. It's the, it's the arena without a name. <laughs> it, should I mean, called, gonna, it, should, it should be Bang Bros. Stadium at Hard Cock Arena. Hard Rock <laughs> Arena, sorry. Hard Rock. Hard Rock. <laughs> Sorry. All right. Well, next week, there will not be a three yards per carry on Monday night because the Dolphins will be playing the Pittsburgh Steelers. Let's do brief. We're not going to break down the game, but let's do some brief predictions here. Simon, what happens in this game? Is it in Pittsburgh or Miami? I can't remember. It's in Pittsburgh. The Steelers by 17. Okay. Yeah, I think that they're going to play them a little bit tougher than most people think. Uh, it's going to be interesting because the last time that we saw this team, in fact, every single time that we saw this team play on prime time, they got absolutely murdered. So it'll be a change of pace if they actually play the Steelers tough. I think they do play the, the Steelers tough and they lose. How about 24 to 13? Okay. Chris? I think so I, I'm going to get in trouble because I always predict a blowout. Um Steelers are at full complement, yes. and the Dolphins have tipped. Uh, they were on a run, started in fourth quarter of the Redskins game, and they were on a run, and then they blew it against the Bills. I think they carry that into next week. And, uh, and the Steelers were already good on primetime, I believe. So uh, Dolphins have a poor history there. Oh. So I think they're going to win by 25, the Steelers are. Wow, that's bad. Okay. Well, that's it. There is no more. The next time we talk to you, the Dolphins would have already played the Steelers. We will talk to you again next Tuesday. But that's it. There is no more. Talk to you guys next week. Thanks for listening to Three Yards Per Caddy. You can subscribe via iTunes, on Podbean, or your usual podcast provider. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.